Welcome to the Top 5 Chronicles, the adventures of Geordie Adam and the Silent Underdog podcast. Hello, hello. Greetings, Geordie Adam. How are you, mate? All right, pal, are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Just, uh, just chilling and relaxing. How's this last week been? Uh, good, good, yeah. Um, it's given me a bit of time to reflect on on what we're going to talk about in, in, in this particular episode of, of the Top 5 Chronicles. So it's given me a chance to kind of put down my, my thoughts and stuff, my points. So... Yeah, I thought you just have reactions, mate, I tell you. <laughs> Reactionary. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was in the last episode you call me intellectual so you know come on i don't think i called you intellectual i said um uh, you sounded fairly intellectual you're not actually but you sounded it <laughs> uh, by the way we got to say hello hello listeners welcome to episode three of the top five chronicles the adventures of geordie adam and the silent underdog my name's lewis samuel i am the silent underdog and alongside me but kind of in cyberspace is my mate. Introduce yourself, Geordie man. I am Geordie Adam, a.k.a. Adam Rogers, a.k.a. The Happiness Guy. Yeah, The Happiness Guy. Do you know what? I need something like that. I should be... Let me just pick some. I'm already silent underdog, but alongside that, uh, if Carlsberg made sprint coaches, they'd come up with me, mate. <laughs> but, you you're know. not just any old sprints coach. You're an MS sprints coach. Do you know what I mean? That's the one. So, folks, this is episode three of the Top 5 Chronicles. Uh, episode one was kind of a bit of an introduction to who me and the Geordie Man are. And um, episodes two, three, and four are going to be three parts of a trilogy where we look back at 2021 and we're going to look, um, or sorry, we've already looked at the good things in 2021 uh, in episode two. And in episode three, we're going to look at the bad things from 2021. And in episode four, we're going to look at the ugly things from 2021. So it's going to be standard uh, process for us. So uh, I'm going to let the Geordie man uh, run through his top five bad things from 2021. We'll have a chat about them. And that will be followed uh, shortly after by me running through um, my bad things from 2021. Yeah, that's what we're going to do, isn't it? Sounds like a plan. All right, then. So, um, do you want to start then, kid? You're in any particular order still? Top five bad things from 2021. Right, so, no particular order, okay? So, number one. I'm going to preface number one with the fact that I personally couldn't do this man's job, Okay. Objectively, I couldn't do this man's job. Subjectively, this man can't do his job, I think. So number one is bumbling Boris Johnson. Okay? Yeah. Number two. Um, something that's quite apt over the last week, as it is the one-year anniversary of the raid on the US Capitol. 
which is kind of linked to um, something that I said in the previous uh, podcast about Trump getting banned from social media. Uh, number three, uh, <clears throat> the breakaway European Super League saga. Uh, number four, again, I think this links in with you, Lewis, being a civil servant. Um, the whole kind of Ministry of Defence documents being found at a bus stop in Kent, right? And number five, um, and I appreciate that this sort of thing happens regularly, but I know this particular case has been in the news quite prominent recently, and that's the killing of Arthur Labinjo Hughes. So okay. they're, my, they're my top five bad things that happened last year. Interesting. Do you want to uh, do you want to start discussing, my friend? And I will yes. destroy your arguments as we go along. So, number one, bumbling Boris Johnson. Okay. Now, like I've said, as an individual, knowing my psychology and my personality, I could never be the prime minister. Okay. I'm not. I don't think I'm. I'm. I'm wired in such a way to be the leader of this great nation of ours. However, and I think this links to something that you said in the good of 2021, and obviously Boris Johnson is very good at sort of um, saying things and then saying he didn't say things and then uh, trying to make things personal about people and actually not being true and honest with the great people of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Now, I know that most politicians, to some extent, bend the rules or might not tell a full truth. However, I think Boris goes above and beyond um, kind of lies and all that kind of jazz. I think, um, wasn't it in... Uh, the first PMQs of, of 2022 where uh, uh, he, he, he said something about was it interest rates, uh, the, the fears were unfounded, the back end of last year, then uh, deputy, uh, the deputy leader of the Labour Party said, you said this, you said there were unfounded fears, and Boris came back with, I didn't say that. Well, Boris, you did. Yeah, that's quite a common theme, I think, um, or has been since um, uh, December 2019. I think... Um, Sorry, 2020, I think. It was December 2020 won the election, isn't it? Wasn't something it? like that, yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, OK? I would not want to be a Prime Minister during coronavirus because... I can imagine that's an extremely stressful situation. But just be honest with us, Boris. Do you know what I mean? Like, just be honest. Do you know what the problem is, Adam, with the, the whole um, thing about honesty and um, and now the British people? I think that the British people... Um, without being too rude, 
particularly the over 45s, you can tell them anything and they'll believe it. Yeah. Which I'll, which I'll come on to in, in, in one of the elements of my um, uh, bad things from, from 2021. But it appears that if you put it on Facebook and it's in print, they will believe anything. Um, and then when people point out the truth, we almost live in a post-truth world now, Adam, where um, facts don't really matter. It's what people feel like more than the facts. It's bizarre how you can say stuff and get away with it, even though it's it's proven to be incorrect and people will still believe it. They'll say, oh, such and such a newspaper has lied about this when they're actually printing a fact. But when the papers that lie about stuff print stuff that they agree with, they just defend it. It's just... It's bizarre. The media's yeah. got a lot to social media and 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 the print media have got a lot to answer for. And the British public are gullible. I can tell them out. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of where I am with 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 Boris. I don't envy his job, but like, stop trying to sort of bumble your way through it. Get the money. Interesting. Yeah, can't really disagree what you're saying there. We just we just generally live in a post-truth world. Yeah. Number right. two. Number two. The raid on the U.S. Capitol. Now, go on, pal. Go on. So, our thing with this is, so the the, the there's a. Uh, like a documentary on BBC iPlayer and it's called something like four hours at the U S Capitol. Now listeners not to be biased. There are other streaming platforms available. Uh, and a lot of the, the documentary is, is from different people who videoed who were part of the riot or got swept up in it. And it's sort of first hand recordings of of the raid and as the raid's going on there's one guy uh, having a go at a police officer about him not being patriotic that he's defending um he's not patriotic for defending the u.s capital and trying to stop them from coming in okay yeah now surely being patriotic irrelevant of your nationality is a part of that is accepting a democratic vote, surely. So, I 100% agree. 100% agree. So, if if you disagree with something, you raiding your parliament buildings to me isn't patriotic because you're not accepting the will of your nation. So if you're going against the will of your nation, how can you say that you're patriotic when you're going against what your country has said? You're just vexed because it's not gone your way. And I Agreed. think this, come, this comes back to what you were just saying there about uh, social media and the print media and all that kind of stuff. People believe what they, they hear and see. And do you know what, Adam? The the other thing that they don't do, like what happened to like fact checking in this world? Yeah, no one checks anything, everyone wants to sit and run their mouths. Yeah, 
and um, without checking that what they're actually saying is correct. It's it's bizarre. Completely agree. Uh, and it, it, it kind of went back to what you were saying there in the in the previous uh, episode about Leroy and his, his cousin Billy Bob, you know, kind of, if you actually stop and think, yes, your guy has not been voted in. The other side have been voted in, okay? You not accepting that is not a reason to try and stop democracy. And yes, Biden had to break all kinds of records to beat Trump, but he beat Trump. He got more votes than Trump. So therefore, Trump lost. You raiding the US Capitol isn't going to change that. It's not going to change it because all that's going to happen is it'll calm down and then... As we've seen, you're going to get arrested and potentially charged. Go back home to your fishing tackle and <laughs> calm down. Oh, man. Yeah, I agree. I think... I mean, like, we, all, we all experience things in life where we disagree with something. Okay? That doesn't mean that it's technically wrong. It just means you disagree with it. And surely the sign of, of patriotism, which is one of the arguments that Trump supporters put, put forward as um, the reason that they, they, they raided the US Capitol, isn't to change democracy. The, 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 yeah, the patriotism thing, Adam, is just one of them where people just, because uh, it's one of those things you can't quantify. So if you say you're not being patriotic, you can't pin them down and say, well, how does this not make me patriotic? Because it's one of those things, patriotism is one of those things where it's just, it's blindly supporting uh, anything that has any impact on your country without any rhyme or reason or logic behind it. So you're blindly just supporting summer because you're in a mob and you've all got same flag and that's basically what patriotism is and anyone who disagrees with you uh even though you might be talking utter bunkum is not a patriot and that's how they look at stuff because they're dumb that's it simples yeah yeah so that's kind of where i where i sit with that i think um people just need a Shut up, sit down, and get on with life. Read some up that's factual, yeah. yeah. And here's the other thing, and I'm going to throw this in there. And you know me, you've known me a long time, Adam. I'm not under race thing, yeah. I'm, I'm, I black and white stuff, I deal in facts, right? But if that had been BLM, right, storming that building, X amount of man would have got shot, yeah, yeah, and no one would have gone to jail for it. I guarantee that. And that, and that's the bit that got up my nose a little bit. If that had been a Black Lives Matter mob that stormed that building, X amount of man would have got shot, and no one would have gone to jail, and 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 they'd have been fully, they'd have been fully able to justify all those killings in an American court. Yeah, agreed. All right. Point number three. 
the breakaway European <clears throat> Super League saga, right? That eventually never happened. So, on a theoretical level, I can kind of understand why the clubs wanted to do it because of whatever kind of financial thing was going on, I don't know. But to me, that breakaway almost smelt of a lack of respect or a disrespect for their domestic leagues in the sense that... in the sense that we're going to go play against the big clubs in Europe because you're not good enough to play against. That's the sense I got, which to me surely defeats the, the whole um, passion for the game because why why if I was a club owner, am I going to continue if I, if my club isn't playing against the best clubs in the country? Does that make sense? Yeah, even though fundamentally uh, I'm, at the, I'm at the other side of the defence view, I polar, I, oh, I'm the polar opposite, mate. Honestly, I, I strongly disagree, but I'll let you carry on and I'll explain to you why I disagree with you. Now, for me, if the... the the big clubs, that's why we have the Champions League. Irrelevant of the, the, the size of your club, if you are good enough to play in Europe, you can play in Europe if you've qualified. So why should they have their own independent thing going? That's cool. I get all that. Um, if, if, if one of the, you know, the big six clubs don't qualify for Europe. Tough. I mean, you should have. You should have won more games. <clears throat> it's true, don't it? Well, well, I think it is anyway. This is yeah. You you're correct, but you're also wrong as well, mate. So this this is what my, I think about the Super can I, League. Can I, can I just stop you there, Lewis? Just for a what second, listeners. Lewis is both a Leeds United fan and an Arsenal fan, so we ain't got a clue. Right, so here we go. I love them both. I love them both. Uh, the reason I support Leeds United and Arsenal is the first game of football I saw live on TV was the 1972 Cup Final, which was a proper epic between the great Leeds United uh, from the 1970s and a team that had done the double two years before. So these were two great football teams. Watching a match live, old school Cup Final, we've got diving headers, man with their arms dislocated. It was amazing. So since then, I've loved them both. But in terms of Super League, do you know the problem with Super League was? European Super League, it was just a European Super League, right? And if it was me, I'd have gone bigger, right? And I'd have got all Boca Juniors, River Plate, Palmeiras, Sao Paulo, all these teams in from South America, the big ones, and gone global. And the reason everyone's going to go, but that's ridiculous. This is why I would have gone global, because... Uh, a couple of things all this stuff about it being about ordinary clubs and protecting the integrity of European English football that's all nonsense right because number one the Premier League just wants to be the biggest cheese in the house on the planet that's all they're bothered about and the European Super League would have would have removed them from that position and uh, reduced their revenue stream so that's all they were bothered about 
when the Premier League stiffs clubs in the lower leagues by letting um, you buy, I think it's their under-17 players, 17 and under, you can only pay 400k for them. So Theo Walcott cost Arsenal about 13 million quid when he was 17. Nowadays, they'd have to pay 400k tops and just get him. So they're robbing all these clubs in the lower divisions. That's the first thing. Secondly, people like Gary Neville, who I actually like now, um, when the Premier League's robbing everyone, he's not screaming about it. Uh, but when the Premier League's about to lose revenue because there's somewhere else bigger coming, everyone's up in arms and wanting to march and everything. Great annoying. And lastly, integrity of football, financial fair play only exists in European football, yeah, to keep the big clubs in power. Because you can't spend more than your, uh, a certain amount uh, around and above your actual uh, incoming revenue. So basically, um, if you're, for example, I'll use Arsenal, and you've got a 60,000-seater um, stadium, and the cheapest ticket in the house is um, 80 quid, your match day revenues are enormous, yeah? So basically, um, financial fair play suits you because you've got loads of money. But if we go back a couple of years when Bournemouth were in the Premier League and their, their ground is like 13 and off, 14K, and their owners come with the richest people in the world but financial fair play doesn't allow them to use any of that vast wealth because financial fair play, like I said, is governed by uh, incomings and outgoings in terms of finance, then it's not fair. So that's why Barcelona, Real Madrid, Man United, Arsenal all signed up to financial fair play because it keeps the big boys big. And UEFA and uh, the Premier League are complicit, so I don't care. Stuff them. I'd, I'd have gone global, gone big, and all the fans would have, would have moaned about it till the first time they watched a few matches and then they'd have fallen into line. And football fans' opinions don't count anyway because these men are paying £100 to stay stand outside in freezing cold to watch a game of football. No, sorry. I'd have gone... I disagree with you. I'd have gone for the whole thing. Super League, watching the best players in the world playing against each other. It sounds a bit harsh, but I don't care. Premier League and UEFA and FIFA are all crook, crooks. No, nah, it's awesome. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> now, I just found it right annoying, Adam. If all these people are like, oh, you're messing with the integrity of football. Well, everything the Premier League does messes with the integrity of football. So let's not get on our high horse because the Premier League's about to lose some money. It's just a bit, anyway, a bit rich in that. To quote the great Aristotle, I think you're wrong. I think yeah. he said something like that. Yeah, but like I said, my, my, my main thing is the arguments that they're, they're using to um, to defend uh, knocking back Super League are the same arguments that we should have used to knock back the Premier League because it messes with the integrity of football. So, um, yeah. Anyhow, anyhow. Anyhow? Sorry, anyhow. Sorry. Yeah. Point number four. Now, it'll be interesting to get your, your viewpoint on this, Lewis, being a civil servant. So the whole Ministry of Defence documents being found at a bus stop in Kent. Now, I can't remember if these documents were top secret or not. I don't know. But surely there must be some kind of process in place for taking Ministry of Defence documents or any kind of government document out of a government office. Right, so 
it's a difficult one, this one. I've got to confess, I don't print stuff off because I'm lazy. So I just read everything off my computer screen. Uh, so it's not really a thing for me. But I get it when some other civil servants uh, would print stuff off so they could read it um, on the bus home, on a train home, in a hotel room, somewhere where there, there's, there's probably not an internet connection. And the protocol is basically uh, just don't lose it, don't leave it in a public place. And if you do, you need to report that immediately. So um, I get why people would print it off. You're not going to sign these forms out, are you? These 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 documents out, but um, and and I suppose it can happen. Everyone can lose a bag, or lose a carrier bag, or put something down and and uh, and forget to pick it up. So I'm I'm sympathetic. It's not ideal, um, but I, I understand how it can happen, and I can understand when that that paperwork turned up in the hands of that particular. It was a newspaper that ended up uh, coming up with it. Yeah. But my guy was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I say I can't remember what the documents are about, but I just, I personally just feel it's a bit clumsy. Yeah, it's, 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 it's life, isn't it, mate? It's life. Um, I, I get what you're saying, and I understand how. Because if I remember rightly, they were a bit top secret, weren't they? I, I see. I can't remember. I can't remember. They were a bit, a bit, a bit on the um, on shady side, if I remember oh, rightly, oh, and um, yeah, I, th I think it can happen though. Um, like I said, it's not happened to me because I don't print out, <laughs> but, but I but I understand how uh, someone could be sat waiting for a bus reading these documents um, because they're quite conscientious and conscientious and diligent, and then due to circumstance, them leaving them in a in a plastic bag on a bench and some newspaper. In all fairness, if they were the top secret, I wouldn't feel comfortable reading them at a bus stop. Yeah. Because you don't know who's around. But hey, True. maybe that's True. just the, 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 the lack of civil servant in me. I don't know. Uh, I just feel that's a bit sort of lack of, lack of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a yeah. lack of care. Yes. Finally, number five. Now, I appreciate that this happens on a regular basis, but this is obviously the most high-profile case that's been in the news recently. It's the killing of Arthur Labinjol Hughes. Um, now, I discuss this case in the ugly side of 2021 as well, so I'm not going to go too far into it. But it's just... Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a parent myself yet. I know you are, Lewis. Uh, but it's just the complete neglect of a child. I can't... My mind can't compute or process the level of neglect that happened with that child. I can't understand it. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've, I've spent the last, you know, last 17, 18 years as a carer for... for uh, children, young people, and adults with disabilities, and I like the the level of care that you go to, and you're not even related to them, and you see them for a week. So, I I, I can't I can't understand how someone who is a full time carer or guardian of a child can let that level of neglect happen. 
I can't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand it, Lewis. It's just wrong. And it's I know not, it's not even the I, neglect, Adam. It's the beatings as well. I don't. I don't fully understand what they thought they were doing, and what they were getting out of doing what they were doing. Bearing in mind a couple of videos, short excerpts of video that I saw on TV, which are actually the worst two videos I've ever seen in my life. Um, maybe oh. it's because I'm a parent, you can feel it a little bit more. But this kid, I don't understand what they thought they were doing. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go too far into the parents because that is the ugly, one of the ugly parts of 2021 for me. But it's just the. I don't get it. I really don't understand. Yeah, I hope they lock them under the jail, mate. Do you know what I mean? I don't want them locking yeah. in it. I want them locking underneath it, mate, forever. Wasn't it um, the rumble in the jungle where, in Zaire, where the fight was in a stadium and underneath the stadium was a prison cell? Yeah. Yeah, it's where they kept sort of dodgy geezers. <laughs> so. yeah. But, like I say, I just can't understand how someone would let that happen to a child. It's not just a child, but it's one of them's own child. That's the bit I cannot, cannot, cannot yeah. comprehend. And, um, and yeah, obviously you're going to do it in ugly, so I won't delve any further into it. But, yeah, I, I just, sorry, in, um, I forgot what we call the last one. Yeah, in ugly. Oh, yeah. yeah, in ugly. And uh, so I won't delve any further into it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I, I'm on with you, Adam. I can't comprehend it. I don't get it. I don't understand what they were thought they were doing, what they were trying to get out of it, or what pleasure it gave them. Because there's obviously something wrong with these man. Yeah. And for me, that was how bad 2021 was. Yeah, they're pretty good. Them actually, I, I, I agree with uh, nearly all of it. The football team. Because uh, I'm a vindictive uh, individual, I disagree with. Because I think the Premier League and and UEFA needed le needed teaching a lesson because they're taking the Mickey now. Uh, but 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 pretty much agree with um, that those things you selected there, apart from the footy one, uh, are all yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. Oh, Lewis, how bad was 2021 for you? 2021 was uh, arguably the most boring year in the history of the world, and. Uh, uh, my um, five uh, bad things from 2021 are... <sighs> okay, first one. Um, this is controversial. Um, Simone Biles, a uh, couple of things about Simone Biles in general. Number one, ducking out the team, the team all-around competition, yeah, at the Olympics, the gymnast, yeah. yeah? And then actually getting an award for ducking out. I'll come back to that when we describe later. Brexit. Yeah. That was really bad. That whole Brexit thing starting in 2021 has been mad. Loads of stuff gone wrong. Being smokescreened by COVID. So um, dumb Brits don't realise that they've shafted themselves. Number three. Keir Starmer. Right. Um, and how he's trekked by the media. Uh, has been appalling in a really undercover, sneaky way. And the strategy they're adopting really works as well. Again, because Brits are lazy and dumb. Um, number four, not really learning lessons from the pandemic in, um, in, 20, in 2020 and repeating the same mistakes. 
And the last one, which again is controversial, is it's a bit of a double-edged sword around, you know, the cricketer, the Yorkshire cricketer, Azim Rafiq. Yeah. Um, that's nasty on all fronts, that. So how he was treated and what he's been allowed to get away with as well. We have people going to go, what's he done? I'm going to tell you what he did. Um, and for me, on that one, it don't matter who perpetrates it, racism is racism. And you shouldn't be giving man blights. But I'll come back to him last. So, first one, Simon Biles, yeah? The great, well, I thought up until recently, the greatest gymnast ever to grace that sport, yeah? She can do anything. She's fast, she's powerful, she's agile, everything. Magnificent gymnast, right? So she goes to the Olympics now, and apparently she was saying before she went, she weren't really feeling it like Adam. But she thought, it'd be all right, when I get there, it'd be all right. Then she was the all-around comp. So they're in the all-around comp, and the United States, all Simone has to do is do her normal thing, or even a bit sloppy, and they win the all-around comp. And then she decides not to compete, doesn't she? Mid-comp. And uh, which, if she's, if she's, if she's um, having issues, um, I kind of understand it. But she never said what issues. She just said issues with mental health, which, which is all right. But... If issues with mental health meant that it was, um, uh, I'm feeling nervous because I might get beat this time because there's another American girl that's really good, then that's just bottle it. That's not bottling it. That's not a mental health issue. You know, that's that's not, that's just someone having to deal with the pressure that everyone else has had to deal with in competition that she's not used to dealing with because usually she just rolls up, smashes gallon and goes home. And uh, the annoying thing is, did she want some kind of athlete of the year thing as well for bottling it? Which I just I think, know. yeah, some some award, which is just bizarre. I, c I can't believe that she wins an award for bottling it because fundamentally that's what she did. I'd, I'd have had more respect for her if she'd have gone out and competed crap because that happens to all champions in the end. Unless you're Floyd Mayweather, you end up getting beat in the end. Right, Bolt lost in the end. Everyone loses in the end. And people would have gone, ah, oh, well, it can't last forever. Ah, oh, cool. But to not go out and let your team down like that, I just thought were disgraceful. And if you weren't feeling it, you should have stayed at home. And if you weren't feeling it, you should have thought about other people because there were girls sat out there, maybe reserves, sat in that team in Tokyo who could have competed that day and won America that gold team all-around medal when you bottled it at the end. So no sympathy for her all. She's the best gymnast there's ever been. She's now not the greatest gymnast there's ever been. Sounds like a contradiction, but uh, best is about results. Greatest is about your deeds and your adventures. And she's just poured cold water all over her adventures for me. So, nah, Simone, uh, very disappointed. And um, in sport, the pressure that she was feeling in on that day are the things that define champions from title holders. And that's my view. And she has dropped from a champion down to a title holder because she bottled it at the Olympics. That's my view. What do you reckon, Jordy, man? Am I just a harsh old black man or am I, am I spitting the facts there? I think for me, if if she was struggling with her mental health, which I'm sure there there are there are a lot of people who do, then I think 
she should have had a, a conversation with someone to say, look, mentally, I don't know if I can do it. And then Mary's just done an individual event or whatever. Cool. From, I'm down with that. I'm down for from that. There, from there, what they can then do is, if they've picked the top three, for example, to represent USA in gymnastics at the Olympic Games, she she drops out. They bring they then bring in number four. Correct. To make up to make up the three. So. I'm not taken away from the fact that she may have been struggling with her mental health. She might well, she might well have been, but it's it's just the timing of her decisions. I think is is the issue for me. Agreed and agreed. I mean, I went into a bit more. I was a bit colder than you on that, but fundamentally, if she'd have said like um, the day before, do you know what? I can't do this. Uh, I'd have been cool with that, and I fully understood that as well. I'd have been, yeah, they can put another kid in, blah, blah, blah. Um, but what she did, and then to reward her for it, like it was a really good thing that she did, without looking at the repercussions, not only for her team, but for her teammates as well. There's probably a girl sat out there who could have competed, who sat on, on bench, as we say in football, sat on bench, who could have competed. And America lost the all-around competition because Simone wouldn't, you know, they finished second instead of winning it because Simone wouldn't go out. And I, I'm really disappointed. And, and to let people just, like, applaud her for doing what she did to her team and to her teammates as well. No, I'm sorry. Um, you're, not, you're not a champion. You're a title holder. And when it got difficult, you bottled it. And I don't care what anyone says because them difficult moments are, are what defines a champion from a title holder for me. Anyway, there we are. Brexit number two. So, uh, I'm 55, nearly 56, 55, yeah. And um, I'm going to slay the over 45s because the Brexit thing, you remember when the whole Brexit debate was going on uh, half a decade ago? Um, basically, whenever the Remain side said anything. The woods trying to scare us. It's just Project Fear. Boo, boo, boo. Right. If you look at 2021 and some of the food shortages, travel restrictions, blah, 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 that went on, how much of employee shortages, not enough people to do jobs, having to kill pigs because we haven't got enough butchers and stuff like that, how much of Project Fear has turned out to be incorrect? Well, it wasn't that long ago since the whole kind of uh, not have, not having enough people to, to drive the, the lorries and the trucks and stuff, innit? All that sort of stuff, which when they were told in 2015, 16, 17, it was all, it's Project Fear, they're just trying to scare you. Do you know what I mean? Blah, blah, blah. It's nonsense. Don't be ridiculous. Uh, we don't want, there's too many people coming in. Blah, blah, blah. They're taking our jobs. Well, mate, if you're a £8 an hour, £9 an hour potato picker, yeah, that's how much the rate for the job is. That's it. No one's going to pay you 20 quid an hour to pick potatoes. So those those people had to come in and pick potatoes because Brits won't do it. They'd rather sit at home watching Sky Sports. So, um, on you know, just doing their thing. So, so for me, um, Brexit has been um, an unmitigated um, disaster. And we've gone from the fourth richest country... Uh, in the world the day before the vote 
Africa now the sixth richest country in the world five years later. And it's been an unmitigated disaster. And the full repercussions of Brexit won't surface until this pandemic thing's cooled down. And that's what I think. I just think all the chat about um, um, Project Fear and they're only trying to scare us. Which bit of it's not happened? You know, it's just... Uh, and we're at the thin end of a wedge as well. I reckon there's loads more in terms of um, things that will kill us when we um, when we start travelling. When Brits start trying to travel around Europe and there's restrictions because of this and because of that, people will find out that we've made a hideous mistake. And rather than gaining freedom, we've reduced our freedom to move around Europe. So, um, yeah, unmitigated disaster. Uh, but the over 45s are happy when they talk about all this crap about, ooh, it was better before we joined. Of course it was. Minor strikes, can't build a car, power cuts in the evenings. When I remember being a kid, watching, you'd be watching um, uh, Looney Tunes just before Coronation Street. They used to show a Wiley Coyote Road run a cartoon at 725 uh, before Coronation Street and that. And the lights had just cut out. Power cuts. This is what these men are craving. Uh, living on spam. Do you know what I mean? And green stale loaves and that. They loved it. So, yeah, Brexit, unmitigated disaster, um, and um, the repercussions of Brexit aren't going to surface until potentially the back end of 2022 once this pandemic's um, uh, cooled a little. It's, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah. my, my, my knowledge of, of politics is not as great as yours because you know you're old and you've been around longer than me but um like yeah and I, I think i'd agree with the fact that i don't think that the, the true nature of the beast has has been fully let loose i think i don't think we we fully we fully understand the 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 ramifications or whatever you want to call it, of Brexit. I don't think they're fully... Uh, they're, not, they're, not, they're not fully with us at the moment. They're being hidden, Adam, by um, by COVID. So because the world's not as, as, as it was pre, uh, pre-COVID, pre uh, you can't really see what the difference is because everything's a bit in a, in a mess at the minute. But back under 2022 into 2023, the British, British public will realise what they've um, what they've let themselves in for. To be fair, the majority that voted for it won't give a kick if the country goes from uh, goes to hell on a high horse or whatever. Um, anyway, they don't care as long as you let Brits get get uh, smashed on a weekend uh, and go on holiday once every couple of years. They don't care what happens. You could live in caves and that. We shall see. Time will tell. Time will certainly tell, I think, on that one. And on the politics thing, number three, Sir Keir Starmer. Yeah. I uh, think I think we all remember from episode two your 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 personal opinion on Sir Keir Starmer. He's the man. He's the man. And can I tell you why he's the man? You know this thing everyone talks about, yeah? Um and he's been brilliant this last year. Do you know this thing everyone talks about? Oh, no one knows what he stands for. Cool. Um, oh, he's not very doing. He's not good, doing a good job. Cool. Uh, oh, we don't hear from him. Cool. Yeah, of course there's a reason for that, and that's because the right wing media that kind of uh, run riot in this country. The last thing you want, yeah, 
if you're a supporter of our current PM, is people hearing what Keir Starmer is talking about, right? Because when you listen to him and he talks sense, it puts into perspective what the other guy's like, yeah? What he says and how he says it. And I think what they've done is Sakir has almost been rubbed out by the media, yeah? So there's not much coverage of PMQs anymore because every week certain men are getting toasted by Kia in um, in PMQs. And it does, it's not a good look. And so the media, the broadcast media and the print media, with a couple of exceptions, just rub him out. They don't mention what happened at, at PMQs. Anytime even half... Uh, makes a point against Kia, which I don't remember that he has to. I guarantee you it's in the newspaper's front page. And the thing about, I think I mentioned it in the, in podcast two, um, the whole thing about Captain Hindsight, it's only Captain Hindsight to the PM because he didn't hear the first time because he's never listening to anyone else. He just missed it. Starmer will say stuff. And then uh, when he goes, I told you about that two months, he goes, oh, Captain Hindsight again. Hang on. He did tell you you just weren't listening. Like, you know, you always aren't listening. So, yeah, f fundamentally, Starmer's a really good guy. He's ele eloquent. He's articulate. And he's pretty smart, to be honest, compared to uh, to um, his uh, Tory counterpart. And I think that um, the other myth that people have got about Starmer um, bear me in mind, these men who were who, 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 uh, uh, perpetuating this myth voted for Boris, is that Starmer's a posh boy. Is he more posh than Boris? <laughs> not voting for him because he's posh, right, is not really a valid excuse. It just shows how dumb people are for even saying, he's, he's not really Labour, blah, blah, blah. Well, you voted for Boris, like millions and millions of you. Is, is he really Labour? Is he, is he not like, super posh? So, yeah. Yeah, doing a, he's, he's a good job. He's doing a good job. Sorry, Adam. Wasn't Boris part of that that elite Eton College invitation only boys club? The, yeah, the cameras involved with. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a few photographs this week actually on some. I was watching where they were all sat trying to look Chris in them dresses that they were wearing and that. So yeah, they were. Um, he is. Yeah, the proper posh boys, um, and. I think sometimes uh, uh, I shouldn't do, but excuse some government policy because uh, the people who are drafting it just don't get some of it because they're so posh, they've got no real idea what it's like to be like Louis Samuel or Jordi Adam. Do you know what I mean? They, they just haven't got a concept of financial constraints. They just they just don't get it. So like some of the decisions the last government made, I gave them a blight because the people who are coming up with those decisions don't really get it. So you can't you can't have a go at someone's background because uh, it's not their choice really. But um, I think sometimes people's backgrounds um, um, affect the perspective on things. Agreed. Uh, back to government again, and um, and not just government, um, people in general. Uh, so in twenty twenty, uh, the pandemic. COVID C19 kind of ran riot, didn't it? And yeah. uh, uh, and I'm not even being funny about it um, because it's not funny when hundreds of thousands of people are dying um, because people can't be asked to um, put a mask on or social distance or um, 
isolate. I think I think the people and the government. Um, we lost a lot of people last year because the public and the government didn't learn lessons from stuff they, they found out earlier. So um, that second wave um, that happened kind of August to Christmas of last year, that could have been avoided. The last thing you want to do when COVID's in the country is encourage everyone to eat out to help out just before all the kids go back to school, college and uni because you're just sowing the seeds there of a second wave, aren't you? And what they should have done is instead of sowing those seeds, they should have gone into a gruesome three-week or four-week lockdown in August in preparation for the return to school. Like a lot of countries do, because I think what you do is you have to snuff the virus out. You'll never get rid of it because it'll keep recurring as long as people are drifting in and out of the country. By the way, we should have closed borders as well. But if you, when you get a sniff of corona, then you need to shut things down and your lockdowns are a couple of weeks, two, three weeks, instead of like three or four months like ours were last year. And I don't think we, we learned the lessons, either as a government or as, a, as, a, as the British public, in terms of uh, what we needed to do. And um, yeah, I think, I think we needed to learn lessons and we don't learn lessons. And even over Christmas now, it's turned out that Omicron is looking like it's not as um, aggressive and as fatal as some of the other Alpha and Delta and all those other strains of, um, of Corona. But the government still took a risk by letting everyone mingle at Christmas before that evidence had, um, had been firmed up. Suppose Omicron was really like um, a really aggressive, uh, horrible strain of, of COVID and he's let everyone uh, mingle at Christmas. Right now we'd be in deep, deep trouble. Um, they took the gamble, they got away with it. But for me, you don't take those gambles with people's lives. It's not worth it just for, because so people can can see each other at Christmas, which I think I mean, I'm going to get proper on my high house now. Um, the Christmas thing, I don't get it. How many people in the country go to church? A minuscule percentage of people go to go to church. So what's the big thing about Christmas? Pick a day, someone's birthday, get together then in the new year. Christmas is just, uh, you're not, you're not practising Christians. It doesn't really matter. Just go through the day, pick someone's birthday, then get all your family together and meet up. That's my view. Um, this obsession with Christmas when you're not actually Christians. Uh, I'm not a practising Christian. Um, uh, um, but, you know, if I was a practising Christian, I'd be a bit vexed that all these people are moaning about Christmas and they haven't set foot in the church since the last funeral, last christening or last wedding. Um, yeah, that's my view. I think for for me personally, um, the thing that's that's kind of vexed me a little bit, especially over the Christmas period, is normally in the past, uh, up until coronavirus kicked in, I always went to my grandma's for Christmas. Always went to my grandma's for Christmas. Well, the last two Christmases. Uh, my my other half and I have decided not to go to my grandma's because she's old and vulnerable. So yeah. my my mum's gone gone to my grandma's for Christmas. So my grandma's had somebody with her, but we've stayed away because we don't want to put her at risk, just in case. But then you've got people who are quite happily swanning around doing whatever they want. Ah, it's all right. We'll 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 not pass anything on. You don't know, do you? 
I, 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 I prefer not to take the risk. And, you know, people might disagree with that, but, you know, if it means I, I don't, I reduce the risk of my grandma picking up COVID by me passing it on to her. Cool. Yes, Agreed. I was sad. Yes, I was sad that I wasn't at my grandma's for Christmas because I love my grandma to pieces. But we've kept her as safe as we can. And I think for me, that's what it's about. It's about thinking about other people rather than just, well, I want to do it because it's what I want. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, it's like what did they call that fool? Your, your man. Novak Djokovic, what a fool. Yeah. I hope Australia don't let him in. Um, well, they haven't at the time of recording this particular podcast. Yeah, don't, don't let this man in. If you don't want to take the vaccine, you don't have to go to Australia. Sit at home and play with your mates wherever you are in Monte Carlo, wherever you live. You know what I mean? Australia says you need to be vaccinated, double jabbed at the minimum. If you haven't done it, go ahead, move. Don't cry about it. And his mum's talking about he's in a prison. You don't have to be there. You can go home to his multi-million pound mansion. Do you know what I mean? Novak, um, all this anti-vax thing's just nuts. It's absolutely barking. Whatever, you know. I think all the anti-vaxxers are just like uh, people who like think the Earth's flat as well. <laughs> Don't even get me started on flat earthers. They are proper. They are flat earthers. These are the same man who will talk about. We don't believe in this, and we don't believe in that. And blah blah blah. Uh, what's the what's the Illuminati controlling world? Blah blah blah. All this nonsense, and um, they'll all believe all that rubbish. But when a scientist says we've tested this stuff and it'll probably save your life, they're like, "Ooh, no! It's the government trying to microchip us. They don't need to microchip you." And my phone telling me what shops I've driven past. Oh, what did you think to McDonald's today? I didn't go in. I drove past, and it's it's Google knows. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like they don't need to microchip your son. They know where you are because you putting everything on your bloody mobile phone. But, uh, aye, it's mad, isn't it? Craziness. So, so, number five. 53 minutes, we can chat us. 53 minutes in, 54 minutes in now. Uh, Number five, uh, again, it's going to be controversial. Uh, It's under racing, um, and it's cricket, and it's the whole, everything about the Azim Rafiq team. You know the Yorkshire County cricket thing? Yep. So for them who don't know, uh, Azim Rafiq was a cricketer. I played for Yorkshire County Cricket Club and he says during his time there, he was racially abused by um, various uh, individuals at the club, uh, colleagues, teammates, team management, coaches, officials, everything, yeah? Which is a bang out of order. But if you're going to play for Yorkshire, um, uh, you're going to have to expect that because these men don't even like people from Lancashire. Do you know what I mean? Next door. These guys up until about 1992, 93, whatever, Maybe maybe a tiny bit later than that. These guys won't even let anyone from outside Yorkshire play for Yorkshire yeah. until the back end of 20th century. So you don't expect anything else from Yorkshire County Cricket Club. But the fact that um, uh, he was racially abused and everyone thought it were kind of funny, um, uh, he's just not really on, to be honest, in the 21st century. Admittedly, uh, I think context is important. And although I have got no... Uh, doubts that he was racially abused uh, sometimes at Yorkshire County Cricket Club. I think some of those um, things that he took racially were just um, people um, 
like the Michael Vaughan thing, I said, uh, I think Michael Vaughan said something to a bunch of the um, the lads from the subcontinent, who've descended from the subcontinent. He said, oh, there's too many of you guys, blah, blah, blah. And I think he was just making a complimentary joke. He said, we'll have to do something about it. I don't think he was tr- trying to say, we have to stop picking, man. I think he was just kind of highlighting the fact you guys have done really well and now you're making the team. Congratulations. But written down in cold print, that just looks bad because it's out of context. That, that's my um, view. Am I right in saying, though, that as this was all going through the uh, Depart- Department for Culture, Media and Sport Committees, that mm. it came up that he'd made some kind of comments on social media as well? Well, this is the second part of what I was coming to. End to end, this thing's a right shambles. So, all that happened to him, horrible, and everyone's like being pilloried for it and blah, 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 yeah? However, it rolls out that a few years before, he'd made some, some, uh, couple of anti- sent a couple of anti-Semitic messages, yeah, to, uh, to one of his mates. Um, and everyone's like, let him off. So people at Yorkshire County Cricket Club... Um, are being um, hounded out of their jobs, and some of them rightly so, for what the things that they've done, for being racist. But if people are giving this guy a bly for anti-Semitic comments that, that that found their way to a newspaper, and he's admitted, yeah, I did do our only 19, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. 19, you're able to do everything. You're a big man, right? Basically, we shouldn't be letting people off with anti-Semitism. Racism is racism is racism, right? And he should be getting hit just as hard as the people who've racially abused him. We shouldn't be giving him a blight. He should be getting the same thing because it's not appropriate. You can't sit there crying about being racially abused after you've already racially abused someone. That's my view. Not appropriate. No one should be allowed off with these sort of things. Cannot give people a blight um, for that. And that's why uh, uh, two wrongs don't make a right as one of my friends said, but I have no sympathy for him because he was the person who um, uh, started chucking the racial shit about first. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not happy about the whole situation. It's terrible about Yorkshire County Cricket Club and history says that that's what they're like. Um, Because like I said, up until uh, 30 years ago, they wouldn't even pick anyone from Lancashire. Uh, But then, um, there's been England cricketers who've had their careers um, uh, curtailed due to the fact they've they've tweeted things when they were 18, 19 year old guys, and then England won't pick them anymore. So he shouldn't be given a blight on that. Uh, Yorkshire should uh, take whatever punishment comes to them, and he should be given a similar punishment for his um, anti-Semitic um, messages as well. And there uh, ends the sermon from Uncle Lewis. For me, racism is racism, racism. I don't care about what circumstances are. Uh, if you're, if you feel fit, or if you see fit to um, to write, say, and do racist things, then the consequences um, should be felt. And they should be standardised across the board as well. I think, irrelevant of who you are, these are the consequences. These are the consequences. You can't, you can't say, oh, well, we're young and uh, yeah, it's only Jewish people anyway. They don't mind. Well, they do mind. Yeah. And it seems to be part of um, the culture in this country that anti-Semitism is okay um, because they look kind of white like, yeah. So it's all right. It's not really racism. You know, you can say what you like. You can do what you like and that. And it don't really matter. Well, it does matter. Um, 
to me and people can't scream racism but be anti-Semitic to, to the Jewish community or say things about that uh, derogatory about um, the Jewish community for me. So um, uh, whatever punishment comes his way, uh, which this looks like there's going to be none, he's going to get a bligh. He should um, uh, soak up and shut up about. Um, that's my view. Won't be popular, but that's my view and I don't care. Well, you've never been popular anyway, Lewis. No, but I'm always right, son. Well, well, that's open for debate. Yeah, so that's my uh, top five bad things in no particular order from uh, from 2021. Uh, a little bit controversial, um, but it encompassed all sorts of stuff in there. There was like man getting rubbed out by the media, um, uh, mental health issues, racism, pandemics, um, politics, Brexit. I'm a, a multifaceted big man. Do you know what I mean? Multifaceted. And uh, to be honest, if you thought you were, I was on one today in this podcast... Just wait till I get onto the last one, the ugly part three <laughs> of our trilogy, episode four, the ugly from 2021. This is where me and you both got nuts on this one. Man, are gonna get cussed. They are. <laughs> episode four is the one, children. So there we have it, ladies and gentlemen. We are two thirds of the way through our review of 2021. We are, we are saving, in my opinion, the best to last. The ugliness of of twenty twenty one. The sheer yeah. ugliness. Cannot wait for the last one. I cannot wait. Woo! It's going to be hot. Anyway, Jordy, man, tell people where they can find you on social media and uh, and other kind of platforms away you go kid so checking me out on spotify the pursuit of happiness podcast uh talking all things happiness trying to find out what happiness means um 36 episodes in unfortunately lewis was was a a guest on that but it's because i was short on people you're right funny yeah, and uh, and me, um, there will be a car conversation due out this week, and I will be talking about stuff that's happened this week. Once I've read a few newspapers and watched a few uh, a few TV programs and that, and I will be whining about the stuff that annoys Negroes um, all the time, as well as pointing out the error of other people's ways. So yeah, watch out for me, the Silent Underdog Seven on YouTube, and what you're looking for is the car conversations. Lovely, jubbly. And I think uh, one hour and two minutes into this podcast. That's it, bud. I think we're done. We're done. In a bit, folks. Peace out, guys. Thank you for listening.